All right, guys, we got an interesting one for you today. Uh, I'm Mike Herman, owner of CrossFit Sumo, sitting down with Sean, as always. Sean, how you doing? Pretty good. It's like it's weird we're doing it on these Thursdays because of the holidays. Yeah, a little different here. This is going to be the last uh, episode of the of 2022. <laughs> so we're going to end with a bang here. We're going to talk a little bit about what the future of the fitness industry is going to look like today. No Super. big, uh, no big thing or, you know, <laughs> you know, no small task here. I'm really curious to to see what your thoughts are going to be on this. We're going to go kind of going into this one blind today. I don't, I don't know what you're going to say. Uh, we haven't really talked about it. So I'm curious to see, uh, where you're going to go with this. Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm pretty excited about this. It's just a weird topic, but I think it's one that uh, kind of applies to everybody, including us as coaches owners you know anybody who's in it as a career it's a pretty big thing especially for all the uh the athletes and members you know it's big for them to see what it's going to be like yeah you know it's kind of fun to speculate and kind of you know i know katie and i often sit down and think about this because you know we don't want to be you know surprised by anything uh (laughs) and uh you know, so, you know, and it's hard to predict the future, but we're going to do our best today, Sean. We're going to look into that crystal ball. Yeah. I got uh, it all polished up on this end, so we're good. Ooh, got a clear vision. Um, So I thought the best place to start would be to kind of take a little bit of a look back first and then kind of see what's happening now and then take a look into the future. Um, uh, So kind of talking about where fitness, you know, came from up until now. Uh, you know, looking back and, and kind of seeing like how we got to where we're at now. Um, so, you know, Katie and I were just talking about this. Uh, the first thing we were kind of talking about, you know, I think, you know, in years past, uh, not that many people really went to the gym. You know, maybe you were more active with your job. Uh, you had a physical job. Or you had just more physical activity in general throughout your day. You know, you were just like working, you know. And uh, a lot of people didn't even really need to go to a gym necessarily uh, back in the day. Um, and obviously that's changed. Uh, what what do you think about when you think back to where the fitness industry was, you know, years ago? I mean, like you have to think about it in the way of, uh, yeah, like it just wasn't, it was something made, I guess, created more for uh, like, if you think of fitness and we'll go even way back, Mike, you know, it was a necessity. Yeah. Right. So I'm talking like ancient Rome, Greek, all of that, like the very first Olympics, right. If you look at it that way, all the way back there and even like during the gladiators, all that, it was all like a necessary thing to make your job or life or like something easier. It wasn't, you did it as a hobby. Like you did it for a specific reason of like, I'm going to be working out in the fields, plowing all day. That's my physical labor, which is then, you know, that my exercise, you know, then you look at gladiators or the wars and, you know, back then it's like they did training for certain things like that. But it wasn't until like, again, the first Olympics that they really did it for sport. And even that was still a little, a little obscure. Right. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, it's it's so weird to see how it's evolved, like, in our lifetime, all the way up, you know, from, you know, what, 88, we were both born in, three days apart from each other, no big deal. Um, 
uh like even then it's a uh, when you look at like coming into the 40s you know after post great depression you know you start to look at it and like you were saying it wasn't a very widely accepted thing um especially among men and men and women yeah right? it was more of a man thing it wasn't a, a like a everybody thing yeah um and then you start getting like the 70s and 80s where it's like uh group fitness started coming into it you know you have your step aerobics classes you have your jazzercises you have where now it's starting to shift and become more widely available for everybody and now we get to you know the past 20 years really where the strength and conditioning and more of sport and things like that have now started to take precedent and like what the training looks like um crossfit comes into the into the sphere of of fitness um and it just kind of explodes now and now you have a million different things that you can do from mind and body stuff like yoga tai chi all of that all the way up to something that's higher intensity like crossfit or mma or whatever it is and they're all readily available for a in the fitness uh world like to do yeah there's a lot of options now yeah yeah, I, I basically had the same stuff. You know, I, I wrote, uh, you know, the discrepancy between men and women. I think it was important to note, like, I think women were encouraged to do like more lower intensity, not really strength training, you know, yeah. uh, maybe 80s, 90s, let's say, uh, or maybe even up into the 2000s, uh, you know, running and cycling are still kind of big, but we're really big back then too. Um, you know, those are always going to be options. And, you know, we were talking about this before I uh, we hit record, but I think that these are always going to be options, all this stuff. I don't think things are going to necessarily go away, but I think that maybe we'll see a shift, uh, you know, in the future, which we'll get into. Yeah. Well, and, and it's like in anything, there's the options will never go. Like you said, they'll never go away. They're just going to keep expanding out as far as like somebody's going to be like, hey, I'm um, lifting a desk chair a weird way in you know, I created a whole program about that now. And it's like, I can do it at work. Like there's always going to be stuff that like pops up, but I think uh, the core things are always going to remain like the staples. And some of those like more fatty things that we'll talk about are like the things that'll maybe fade away or fade into just obscurity. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some of the things that I wrote down that are going on that are really big now I wrote down like stuff like the mirror, tonal, Peloton, these workout from home options are like really kind of big right now. There's a lot of those. Like I was telling you, there's a lot of apps that are popping up, you know, Apple Fitness Plus and, you know, all these Nike fitness apps and stuff like that. There's tons of stuff like that out there right now. Um, yeah, a lot of options for like working out from home is a big thing. And I think kind of COVID might have stirred some of that stuff on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was going to say, I de- definitely you see there's been such an uptick in the more, you know, it's always been around. But I think, like you said, the tonal mirror Peloton are the big ones where it's like you have a quote unquote personal trainer in your household now. And it's it's a one-stop shop for everything and you don't even need to leave your bedroom yeah and i think yeah. that that became a you know you look at peloton prior to 2020 and peloton by the end of 2020 i think they had like a thousand percent increase in their <laughs> in their sales yeah yeah i think uh you know we'll get into maybe like why what we think of those things in a little bit i mean more of stuff i think 
to like post COVID, I wrote down, like, I think there was a little bit of an awakening for people. Like when, when we came out of that time period where people kind of started focusing a little bit more on wellness, you know, uh, as a the gym owner, I've noticed like we've, our membership has gone up since then. You know, I think people are more aware that they need to do something and that they need to take care of their health. Uh, you know, not only to protect them from illness, but to, you know, just to, to live a better life and, and kind of becoming more aware of like wellness, this whole concept of not only physical health, but mental health, spiritual health, like kind of like, I think people are starting to like branch out their concept of what it means to be healthy. Yeah. I mean, I would agree. You, you saw it like, again, with uh, quarantine and COVID and everything, it's like, it's not that it scared people because the, the people that were having the most issues were more out of shape. Um, comorbidities were, you know, at an all time high with those kinds of people. Um, and you, you start to see like, uh, like a perfect example, actually. Um, it was my mother-in-law recently was in the hospital for, um, for pneumonia, like a weird form of pneumonia. And they even told her at the time and she's in her mid sixties that it's like, if she was a smoker, which is, you know, kind of unrelated to what we're talking about, she'd be dead. And if she was overweight or out of shape, she would have been there for over a month or plus, right? Because it's just how it attacks your lungs. So it's like those constant reminders that people got. And I think COVID really, um, really scratched that open for a lot of people of like, wow, I really need to take my, my health and wellness into account here and kind of, uh, kind of shape up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think, you know, people are again, more aware of, of those kind of things. And they're, I think they're taking action more and more. You're seeing an increase in gym memberships, like across the country and yeah. maybe that's across the world. I just looked in the U S but, um, you know, more people are joining gyms are doing more active things than ever before. And, you know, our, jobs are getting more and more sanitary. Like I mentioned before, before, you know, maybe you were working and you did a physical job, there's less and less of that. So you're seeing like the need to do more, right? Right. Um, you're not getting as much activity in your daily life. So you kind of have to figure out ways to, to move. Right. Um, yeah. So, and then I take one step back. Like I think when, CrossFit came on the scene, which actually CrossFit came in the scene like two, early 2000s, 2002, I think. Yeah. yeah um, it's been 20 years. Yeah. So it's been around for 20 years. I, uh, you know, I've, I was accused of it being a fad maybe when I like early on when I started CrossFit to now 10 years ago, uh, I could, I think it's safe to say it's no longer can be considered <laughs> that. Uh, but uh, I think, you know, CrossFit came onto the scene and they did something that no one else did you know, before it, you know, none of the jazzercises or any of the videotapes or anything ever defined what fitness was. Uh, and CrossFit did just that. And I think that kind of changed the whole landscape leading up until now. You know, they define fitness as uh, work capacity over broad time and modal domains. So that just basically means, you know, what are you able to do? Uh, you should be able to do it for a long time, short time, really fast. Uh, all different kinds of types of exercise, you know, types of uh, different things. Uh, the more that you're able to do, the fitter you are, you know, and just that simple kind of definition, uh, I think kind of changed what the fitness, it changed the whole fitness industry, really. Yeah. Um, 
was gonna say you take it you know one step further off of that and it's like they really were the first to you know prior to that uh, no nothing else really had a purpose right Right. you you know maybe uh, you lifted weights like in that you know the hypertrophy of like just trying to get bigger like you see arnold schwarzenegger back in the day and like pumping iron you you have the jazzercise which is kind of step and just more aerobic and um kind of doing it to dance you have um you know you name it cycling or whatever but nothing really had uh or none of those big organizations really had a um like an end track and that was like the thing with crossfit it was like we want you to be good at everything and we've said it on here it's like being able to say yes to anything of like you somebody asks you if you want to go for a hike yes i want to go do that i'm fit enough to go do that right uh you want to go play basketball yep i'm fit enough to whatever like whatever it may be and they were the ones that like kind of put that and then what you were just saying of defining what fitness is it, it was it was huge like it was it was a, a big thing and it also scared a lot of the you know the powers that be that were kind of you know the the forefathers of the fitness industry as what we see it now um because it was so different and it gave purpose to things that necessarily weren't there before like people just worked out because they they were told they needed to right this is working out with a purpose and an end game of being like i'm going to be fitter and healthier like in every facet of what fitness is yeah i mean you see some other uh things out there i mean now like i would use other group fitness models let's just say like things like orange theory and um you know other kind of group model based uh things even even they are are kind of like you know not really and missing the mark a little bit on some of that stuff when it like they're tracking things like heart rate and but they're not really tracking like what you can do you right know? uh and i think that it, this ties into what i'm going to talk about in the future <laughs> um, but uh you know i think that is the key um you know check mark when it comes to a lot of this stuff is like what is what does your fitness allow you to be able to do uh and uh and i think that's you know, I bought into CrossFit and I still think that they're on something here, you know, yeah. and I'll try and explain what I think they're on to and why it's going to affect, you know, the way that we look at fu- the future and the fitness. But I think, I think that's like the key, like a lot of the other stuff will attract, like I said, like heart rate or like, um, other kind of factors that are not necessarily correlated to what you can actually do. Right. Yeah. Like, uh, perfect. Like with talking about heart rate, it's a perfect example of like, all right, cool. I can get my heart rate up to 180 beats per minute. What does that mean? Yeah. How is that helping me in any way other than just getting my heart rate up? Like yeah. if there's if there's no point to it outside of just being in a fitness class, uh, you know, I, yeah, I think uh, kind of what, who knows, Mike, maybe we'll have the same, the same <laughs> talking points later, but um, I won't get too far into what my thoughts are yet, just yet, but. What are your thoughts, I guess, on, uh, before we move on to the future here, stuff that's really popular right now, how about all this workout from home stuff like Peloton and all those things? Uh, what are your thoughts on working out from home and all these convenience type uh, apps and stuff like that? I mean, they're, they serve a purpose. Like I'm a, I'm a big proponent of like whatever you need to do to get yourself moving, do it right. 
Like if your schedule is so crazy that working out from home is the only option that you have, do it, right? And if Peloton makes you happy, do it. But I think it's also a um, kind of a, uh, uh, man, I, I, I actually used it this morning with one of my clients, like they're the, the curse of convenience, right? They are so convenient that now it's very easy to say no to them. And, you know, the glorified coat rack of a treadmill that you have in your, in your bedroom or living room or whatever, that's just sitting there collecting dust. And it has been for the past three months. And maybe, maybe you turn it on every once in a while. Cause you're like, Oh yeah, I forgot it was there. Um, yeah. I no, mean, I, I, I just feel like there will, they're shiny new objects right now and they will fade again, especially if they break, you have to get it fixed. Yeah. And there's steps that need to be met in order to keep going with it. And it's just, you know, some it, people might use the word fad there. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I agree. Like, I think there's a place for it. And like, I think I said it on other podcasts, but my client asked me the other day and I, and I'll reiterate it again. She was like, what's the best thing that I should do for X, Y, and Z. And I was like, whatever you stick with, you yeah. know, so like the best form of exercise is the one that you stick with. So, you know, if that's one of these, then fine. I think that there's some inherent downfalls to it, you know, yeah. some pitfalls. one of them being convenience is sometimes too easy to say no to. Uh, and, uh, you know, another one is not having eyes on you. You know, uh, I think that's going to be something that I talk about again today, but, you know, having someone there and holding you accountable and other people there holding you accountable. I think, you know, the whole online thing can be okay. It's just never going to be as good as in person, in my opinion. Um, yeah, yeah. I think, uh, you know, it has a place maybe in a, a, bigger kind of picture thing like you do it occasionally but i don't know if it's should be somebody's only workout method you know if you have the option to do other things um it's it's a little bit limiting if you're just on the bike let's say you're cycling or you're on a peloton uh you know you're going to be stuck in these certain positions uh you know rounded over over the pedals uh and working the same muscles over and over again so of course those kind of things are a little self-limiting you know, things like overuse injuries and stuff come into play then, uh, you know, working the same muscles and not other ones. So if you're only running, only cycling, and again, we've talked about this on other podcasts, that's going to be the limiting factor there. Yeah. You know where I actually do think that like, um, so we, we'll use Peloton as an example, like just to pick one out of there. Um, I actually find that those are probably the best in a hotel, right? Yeah. Like when you when you don't know what you're walking into as far as like equipment needs. And again, you can always, we've talked about it before, you can always do just pure body weight stuff, but it's like in a pinch, those things are great because again, you don't have to think you can just sit down, click a button and then get a workout in. And if that's what your workout is for the day, so be it right. Like it's, you can do it on the move while you're traveling. It's just something, you know, I think that's probably where they, they fit in best. And then, to what you were just saying of like the repetitive motions, you know, all of that, it positions. That's why I don't necessarily love them in the in-home part of it is because you tend to just do that same thing every day. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah that I agree. Yeah. I like that. It's like a good option in a pinch. Yeah. Um, 
I used to do that um, at my old work. I would every once in a while take a spin class because it was something different and fun and like it was whatever, but it's not something that I could do every day. Yeah. Um, that's yeah, just me. I mean, yeah. Say, I mean, I was going to say overall, uh, I think the convenient at home options are going to, again, not go, they're never going to go away. I think you're only going to see more of them popping up. But in my opinion, they're limited by all the factors that we talked about. And, um, you know, I think that they're going to be a little bit of a fad. They're going to come, they're going to be, they're nice and shiny. Now, I think they're going to uh, create gradually fade in popularity. Yeah. Not only that, but it, it is like some of these things are expensive, man. Like the, the price point of buying the machine and the monthly cost of a subscription, it, it almost works out like, it's still better to go to a gym. Like you're probably going to get a better price and more for your buck. Right. Rather than, um, than doing that. Like it's, it's like, I, that is the one thing I like, I don't necessarily buy into when people say that it's cheaper or whatever than like conventional gym or CrossFit gym or whatever. And it, is it though? Cause it's really not. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you could say that anymore with those things. They're quite yeah. expensive for the machine itself. And then there is the monthly uh, fee, like you said. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it, it's a hard one, but again, we, we both kind of, you know, touched well, on it. Like, oh yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, let's use that as a little bit of a segue here. Cause you know, I think, uh, looking into the, as we kind of move into the future here, you know, obviously for a long time, it's been the gym, the gym model of like low entrance fee, lots of people, you know, planet fitness is a popular one to say here, but like low entrance fee, lots of people just go in and work it on your own. I think uh, you're going to start seeing a shift over to what we do, which is like a small boutique model where it's more expensive. Yes, but it's it's group led. You know, you have trained professionals watching over you, telling you what to do. Uh, and but they're getting that higher price point because of that. But I think you're going to see a larger shift towards that model as we get into the future here. Yeah. And we even saw that again, um, where I was working before uh, Suma was. Um, in my position, uh, I led the the fitness um, department. And when we would have directors meetings, it was always talking about kind of competition. And it was more of a conventional gym that we were at. And we were trying to find ways that were matching boutique fitness, right? A la CrossFit, Yoga 6, whatever, like, you name it, whatever it is. Um, because we were seeing more people shift into those types of models rather than the conventional gym and i agree with you is uh you know there's a million different options with it but it was a threat to the more conventional gyms just because it was giving what people what they wanted and like giving them more accountability in the way of like what they offered right yeah. um like you said they were being led by somebody maybe in a group of like you know 20 to 30 people or whatever but it's like they could have an open community like dialogue with that person about certain things in a much more intimate setting than, you know, a class of 50, 60 people that's like an hour and then they got to run off to the next thing or, and then, or whatever. And they're just kind of left on their own. Yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah. I saw the same, I saw the same thing at Philadelphia sports club where Katie and I worked at prior to uh, opening Suma. It was funny as they saw the threat of these small boutique models, like, emerging they started scrambling and reacting to that and like yeah 
buying tires and like all these like weird things that they never had before to try and like emulate what was happening but they uh largely missed i think the what makes it work they they missed the boat and katie just shouted but they all like missed kind of why like it's not just that equipment and like uh, like they missed the point of it really which is which is funny i think that's a good point though is it's not about you can have no equipment and still like be yeah. eons ahead of a conventional gym or whatever it's it's again yeah the the brick and mortar part of it is fine and the equipment's fine but it's what you're getting socially uh you know educationally in your in that in that place that's that's what people want um and uh i think this will this will be my little segue into the next piece it's like one of my points was i think now again we'll use it as a comparison to 60 years ago right um nobody really cared why right it was like you were told you know you need to do this you need to look better right now it's people definitely want to know the whys of why they're doing something uh why am i deadlifting why am i you know doing like 100 meter sprints or whatever it is um and i think that that it's like the open-mindedness um of it is kind of where I find this going is you're getting answers better, right. In these places like, like CrossFit Suma or, you know, any of those boutique places more than the conventional gym. Um, and I think that that's also why people are getting more involved and kind of bought into the, the fitness world, right. And trying to be more fit or more healthy or more like well in any being is they want to, they want to truly understand everything. Right. And I think that's a cool piece. Um, Ooh, it's, like, Sean, it's sounding like we're going to be on a similar <laughs> uh, But yeah, I, I wrote down something really similar in regards to that. I think, you know, moving into the future here, I think we're a little bit ahead of the, the curve here because I think, gyms are going to start, or if they don't, they're going to need to shift to more of a results-based uh, approach, which is basically what you were getting out there. Like, yeah. um, you know, just subjectively over the, the last 10 years that we've been open, you know, we've had members, you know, this, this stuff is working, right? People are getting results. We've had members lose over a hundred pounds, you know, 60 pounds, like, you know, ridiculous numbers. Uh, we've had people reverse diabetes, like literally had diabetes. Now they don't right? Don't need medication anymore. Uh, high, high cholesterol, high blood pressure, you know, reversing those and off medications, um, you know, and just overall improving well-being, um, you know, physical, mental, and all that, that stuff that we talked about before. You know, um, I think people want to know what they're doing is working. Yeah. Uh, yeah. hundred uh, percent. It's because like, when you look at it, um, I try like when, whenever we're talking about like putting in numbers into Wattify, right. With members and with lifts and stuff, I use it there too, but this also is a, a much broader um, kind of example. It's like, if you have numbers, you can manage numbers. If you don't, you're just, just guesswork. Right. So meaning like if you have those metrics that we're talking about of like, can I see progress in weighted exercise and is it going up can i see progress in weight going down body fat wise or whatever you know you have you need those result pieces that you were talking about and uh to kind of see that and quantify like is this working is this for me is it not like um 
and again, like to go back is I, I don't think that the vast majority of fitness offerings did that. And that's where I think with CrossFit specifically, that's why it really exploded onto the scene, you know, almost 20 years ago was it was the first one that not only strived for that and used it as its its really big jump off point, but it also rewarded and kind of acknowledged like better performance, right? Like when we talk about getting PRs or stuff, they're celebrated. They're not kind of brushed off to the side. Like those are big milestones that people should celebrate. And it's, and it was, you know, the invention of the CrossFit games. And now it's like celebrating the next level of fitness and kind of bring it in. That wasn't like a, you know, the NBA or NFL or MLB or whatever, like that's the pinnacle of that sport. Now it's like, this is now the fittest person in the world yeah across all of these modal domains and right yeah, yeah. fitness right yeah i think uh you know and you and you still don't really see a lot of this results driven stuff like you know uh, uh these other group fitness classes aren't really tracking results they're maybe tracking heart rate you know maybe you are tracking your running times or something like that or your bike times or if you're cycling but again like that those things are going to be limited by all the factors we've talked about in other podcasts and, and earlier like repetitive motion over and over you know like with crossfit you're there's so many things to improve at that uh you know it keeps it interesting and when you're seeing those results and you're you know pring on the lift and you're getting faster at your running times and all of that's happening at the same time like how motivating is that you know yeah. Like it's great if you get your running times down, but then if you get them down so much and then you have like that ankle tendonitis and you can't run anymore, then what do you do? Right. Or, or it gets cold outside and zero degrees and you can't, and you don't want to run out there. Like they're just limited by so many other factors. And that's why I think that the fitness industry overall is going to move in this direction um, because it's the way that it's what works. Um, cool. Good. Yeah. I was going to say, um, I want to get your take on it because uh i would say you know the uh the quote of like often imitated never duplicated type of mentality is like when crossfit came into this um and started and it was like this high intensity thing that had all of these results driven and all these things now you start to see more like i i can see it a lot but it's like you start to see imitators of the the same kind of model without calling it that yeah and it doesn't work for them like it doesn't work because again they were missing the mark on certain things um and i would say that since crossfit and the inception of crossfit there has been a huge uptick and i this is now kind of going getting into the future of like um things like imitators of that that model of like all right cool now kettlebells and you know tires like you said are the the hip new thing now everybody needs to have them but yeah, it doesn't yeah. work like you said with you know at philadelphia sports club or whatever because it's it's not the same thing and i think that's going to continue to happen too it's like the the longer something is in existence the more things are going to try and imitate it yeah. and it's it's not it's not it'll never be the same it's like you're taking a softball and you're gently tossing it over to me, Sean. <laughs> like we didn't talk about this beforehand, but uh, yeah, I wrote down two examples of exactly what you just talked about. There's a 
know, I think moving into the future, you're going to see gyms fish, uh, switching to more of this like results-based approach that we've already taken. But I also think you're going to see a bias towards strength. All yes. right. So I think that, you know, people are realizing more and more that lifting weights and, and getting stronger is... <laughs> is going to get you everything that you want from, uh, from, from looking better to feeling better to being healthier. Like really, I think it's going to come down to, uh, you know, gyms are going to shift more to a strength-based model and you're seeing two examples of this already. So like this, well, this year going into this new year, uh, orange theory, who I've already kind of talked about before started a lifting only class, uh, that's starting in 2023. So like you said, imitation is the sincerest form of, of uh, flattery there. So, you know, they're, they're starting to uh, introduce some strength bias training at orange theory that's coming in 2023. And then uh, there, there's a new gym coming to the Philadelphia region. It's popping up over the country. It's called metabolic. Uh, It's basically a strength based group fitness model like CrossFit, but kind of, uh, anti-crossfit it's, like, <laughs> it's almost like they're like in direct opposition to crossfit they, in fact they like post stuff that like kind of mocks some of the stuff that crossfit puts out in an interesting way so it's kind of like again yeah you're, you're seeing you're already seeing some of this stuff happening that you just mentioned yeah well and it's it's funny to to talk about it too is like um these people so you say it was metabolic that's what it's called yeah all right so it's like them, it's like now, you know, fit, um, CrossFit's been around for so long that they've they've even evolved in how they've run things and, you know, programmed and stuff. There's still like the key basis there, but things have evolved within CrossFit, maybe not at the, you know, the exponential rate that most other things have, but there are still things. And it's when you have these other gyms that are coming in, they're starting way back you know, where CrossFit is as CrossFit still progresses forward. So now it's like, they're still trying to play catch up with a lot of things. And I think that's ultimately what doesn't work for them is like, as even the CrossFit realm expands and, and evolves, it's like now this other place is still trying to find their own path that they don't even have. Um, and I, I agree. Like, I think, uh, you know, it's, it'll be interesting to see like what happens with a lot of these gyms. Cause I know unless those places evolve at the same rate and, you know, expand out to even the masses, like the bigger masses, they're not going to succeed, right? They're going to, yeah. they'll fail like all of the other imitators before it, just because, you know, they're now a second rate thing. If, you know, CrossFit's this shiny Ferrari of, of fitness and then they're like a honda civic that's just starting to get started and souped up but it's like you know yeah. it is what it is because i think a lot of people too then put all these shiny bells and whistles and like try and poke fun at the the premier version of whatever it is and so we'll use the example of the crossfit it's like they make those jokes at the expense of crossfit it's because you know they're not super sure of their model yet yeah, like, yeah, and they they feel like they need this edge to become the next big thing. Yeah, and you know, yeah, it'll be interesting to see you know how they do specifically. Like, um, just to be clear too, I mean, I I do I do think like the shift of the fitness industry industry to this strength bias like results biased uh, training is just is going to be better for everyone too. Yeah. Like, 
you know, I think it's a good thing. Like, I think more people need to be exposed to lifting weights. I think, you know, focusing on results, I think is the way to go other than just, you know, aesthetics or heart rate or other things like that. Yeah. I think, you know, if we can get more people lifting weights, like I'm on board with it, you know, I think, uh, where this place is different than CrossFit is like, just basically in, on the intensity piece and the varied piece is kind of where they disagree with CrossFit. Uh, they go a little bit on, like lower on the intensity piece and then, and then they go, uh, which we've talked about in prior podcasts, you know, how we feel about that. Like, I think intensity is what drives some of the results of yeah. CrossFit in particular or any training, uh, and a little bit on the varied piece. I think they, they think that varied means random. And if you've listened to us or go listen to very not random podcast, <laughs> clearly in the title, it's, uh, you know, it's not random. It's varied for, for a purpose. And, you know, we've talked about that before. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how they, how they do. And, uh, but I, like I said, it's good that people are lifting weights and, and I hope it keeps moving that way. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think that the, in, in the beginning too, that was the thing that spooked a lot of people yeah. was like <laughs> men and women lifting heavy weights. Like that's not a thing. It, this is only a, this is a whatever, whatever kind of, you know, thing you want to put on it. But it's, uh, I think where it is now. And if, like, of course, why wouldn't you want your population to be the strongest, fittest that you can be? And it is, it was always weird. Um, like uh, when um, the NSCA was like the big, you know, standstill against CrossFit and they like took them to court and blah, blah, like, you know, they ended up losing because they were trying to, you know, degrade CrossFit and all of these things. And it, it was almost because it was like they were they were worried about this this new thing that was actually having these results and making everybody fitter. And it was like they're like, it's unproven, blah, blah, blah. And like making up statistics that had nothing to do with it. And now that it's been in it so long and you start to see, you know actual studies and things be done as far as the results of these this type of programming or whatever and like the results that it is given it, you you know there's only it, it's only going to keep going forward and i think that's kind of where we're headed and, and where i agree with you is like i think with lifting weights and the strength bias and you know maybe even the the more of the you know varied piece of it is like that's why there are so many imitators too is like because it works right and i don't think that that's going to go away yeah um so like as we look into the future i think you know we i think that we're living in the future mike no just ah. kidding <laughs> um i i do think that like it's not gonna i don't think it'll change much right there will keep being these and you know maybe we'll look at five ten fifty years from now maybe it'll be different but i i do think crossfit specifically really touched on something that can last for a long time we talk about it here of like being able to do this for the rest of your life yeah. is a big thing and i don't know if that was something that anybody else ever really thought about yeah. where it's like crossfit especially now and this is part of like their evolution is really trying to make this a lifelong endeavor and not just like a fad that will go away in two years and, you know, oh, I'm on to the next thing. Like they want it to be a part of your life and have all of these results and keep going with it 
Um, and I think that that's really, for me, we're kind of in that, that piece of there, there's this, this nice bubble in fitness that I think will be sustained now for a very long time. Uh, maybe not forever, but who knows, you know, again, we don't have our crystal balls here, but, uh, I do think that like the, the model that CrossFit has put out and continues to put out is, is one of longevity. And then that only benefits them for exactly that, right. Of like how to stay around for a long, long, long time. Right. And have it be like just the, one of the main models that people tend to go to. Yeah. Yeah. And to that point, like at CrossFit Zuma, we have uh, four-year-olds working out and doing CrossFit and we have 83-year-olds working out yeah. and doing CrossFit in our vitality class. So it's, you know, it, it really has become this like lifelong, uh, you know, able to be replicated for any, for anyone. Right. Which, uh, you know, to your point, it, it people can do it for the rest of their lives. And I think that that actually is a good point that you just brought up is like, um, uh, like with CrossFit and kind of why, again, I also think that it's probably going to be around for a long, long time is um, the, you know, the scalability of everything, right? To be able to scale something down to a four-year-old or maybe an 83-year-old or scale it up to somebody who's in the peak physical form of that they've been in their life, like, and everybody's doing the same thing, like that functional movement piece of trying to make, you know, your daily life and activity better and easier is a big thing. Yeah. And that is also something like, how do you, outside of different weights, like you can't scale down a bench press, right? Like you can't scale down a bicep curl, like without just load, right? Yeah. It's the same thing, like, but with a wall ball or, you know, lunges or something like that. You could, there's so many different things that you can scale with those. And I think that only aids everybody more. So, yeah, let me take a look into my crystal ball here on this end of things. <laughs> this, is, this is why. So I think that, you know, I think you're right. I think, you know, this model is here to stay, but I do think, you know, there are some like little wrinkles that I think will be, uh, will start to to grow in the future here. One of those things that I wrote down and want to talk about is like, um, do yourself a favor. If you don't follow this, follow CrossFit health. All right. Because yeah. I think. CrossFit is on to something where they are basically trying to get doctors involved and certified in CrossFit. And they're kind of dipping their toe into the healthcare realm of things. Um, and the intent is to uh, what I think the future of the fitness is going to look like. So my future, my, my kind of vision of what it's going to look like in the future, let's say maybe like 20, 20 year, maybe 10, 20 years from now. Uh, is the you know you go to the gym and you have a very holistic kind of approach so i talked about it prior like there's this new the kind of more awareness around your your health and, and wellness uh, recently i think that's only going to keep you know you know people are going to keep wanting to go down that rabbit hole and i think the the gym of the future is going to combine all these kind of aspects of health, not only your physical, but your mental, emotional, spiritual, like, um, you know, health into kind of one package. So like maybe you, you walk into the gym and there's, you know, there's maybe massage therapy there. There's physical therapists. If you get in injured or something, somebody gets you back to health. 
like maybe a chiropractor, uh, and then maybe even taking a step further, you know, the mental health side of things, you're maybe you have a psychologist or someone for the mental health side of things. And then maybe even one step further, the healthcare side of things, maybe you have a registered nurse or physician uh, in the same building, or maybe in the same network, you know, and I think, you know, imagining all of those people working together uh, would be an amazing thing, you know, like everybody speaking the same language, working together, because really that's what health, that's where health is, is in the middle of kind of all of those realms. Uh, and I think that the gym of the future will try and incorporate a lot of those things uh, into it. You know, I think people are starting to realize that, you know, we talked about this on uh, two podcasts ago that, you know, the healthcare system is a little broken here and there's this disconnect between preventative care and sick care. And I think bridging that gap is something that CrossFit is trying to do as a company. And I'm really excited to see what they come up with, uh, you know, in the future. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, it's funny cause I kind of have that jotted down too. Um, the, I think the gap is closing between yeah. some of those things. Like, again, we talked to Jim a couple of podcasts ago and um, in that it's like in the physical therapy world, CrossFit doesn't have this bad moniker that it, it that most people are used to think it did or whatever anymore. And it's like, I, I agree with the CrossFit health is like, they're trying to take the proactive step of bridging the gap between the healthcare system and the physical um like education in the way of, um, you know, physical fitness um, and kind of what they're doing. And I think they're really the only ones that are trying to do that. So it is, yeah. it, it's, it is funny that it's the, the newest member of the fitness world in a way, or the, in the most infantile one is the one that is taking the biggest steps forward as far as trying to make it what you just said in this utopia of, uh, of like health and wellness and not just physical fit, physical fitness. Right. Um, because again, that is the ultimate goal is like people work out to become healthier, right? You should, um, they're not, you know, that's the end goal, but without all of the other facets of health and wellness being on board there, like, am I really trying, or am I really getting the most success that I I could be getting if it's not, you know, yeah. and be like, Oh, you do CrossFit. Wow. Like you must be hurt all the time. Like that, like that's the kind of stuff that needs to kind of just fall by the wayside. It, and it really is. And I think with CrossFit health and everything, like that's the biggest step forward for me that I think I see a lot. And I guess I'm very hopeful for, um, is like, that's what I, I really hope they, they continue to do just because, it it will give the you know the naysayers more credentials as to why it is working and why it's helping and doing all of these things but it also then gives validation to its current members of like oh wow like my doctor is on board yeah, and he's right. telling me i'm doing all the right things and to keep doing it well of course i'm going to keep doing it then yeah my doctor's right here working out next to me <laughs> right yeah that's a good point like, um, how cool would that be and I think that that is uh, that is a big thing that I foresee. <laughs> Swami says, you know, <laughs> um, but I do think that that's a, a big movement that is coming somewhere down the pipeline. Yeah, like you said, yeah, could be 
two years. It could be 20 years. Who knows? But I do think that that is working towards that. And I do think it goes back to because people want more understanding of like every piece of their life, right? They want to understand why they're doing something and why something is good or bad and why you should stay away from those things or gravitate more towards those things. And uh, yeah, like I think it's a pretty exciting time because we're also in a time where things happen so fast regardless, right? Like um, innovation just is insane and it comes out like daily almost they're like working on things and creating new things and fixing things and um and i think it only helps like the fitness industry even more because it's just more data points then to help you know align with what they're what they're trying to do yeah yeah or at least that's what i'm banking on you know they could just invent like a pill that does all of this but right. I, but I, uh, I doubt it because again, there's so many aspects to health and fitness that it's not just like a weight loss pill that's gonna like solve your problems, and uh, you know, curse so, of convenience, Mike. Right? Like I said <laughs> earlier. Yeah, I'm sure there will be some things that we don't foresee, but uh, but I, I'm banking. I I know that these things work, so we're sticking with it while we can. Yeah. <laughs> well, right, so- John, that was fun. Yeah. Hopefully we we made some kind of point there to, <laughs> to everybody listening. Somewhat coherent. Yeah. All right, everybody, let you let us know what you thought of that, what ideas that you have, and uh, what ideas you have for the new year for podcast ideas. We'll see you in the new year. Yeah. See you next year. <laughs>